I think one day we'll be able to start on our first take. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like we've been doing this for, I don't know, like eight months now. Congratulations on eight months, by the way. I feel like we're just getting worse. <laughs> That's a really, really positive note to start on. Thank you so much. Well, I'm all about positivity and optimism, as we've established. Yeah, and you, do you know what really scares me about this episode? Yes? No. What is it? That... Now you're gonna be editing this the Star Wars episodes, <laughs> so I have to be like more cautious of what I'm saying. Yep, yep, it's all going in, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. But yeah, we've been watching, uh, you know, the Book of Boba Fett, and uh, let's get right into it. What did you think? What was like your your general impression about this episode like now i'm just like okay finally we're getting into the meat of things a little bit i am excited i think it's like i think up until this point obviously what is it, a six episode run right six or seven i think yeah something like that we're three episodes in we're halfway through we're mostly getting exposition at this point still um but i'm i'm happy where we're at and I didn't have any idea how big a role the Pikes would play in this show, but I am not complaining because I want to know more about the Pikes. Yeah, I've, I'm really happy that the Pikes are going to play a big role in this. Um, it's weird to say, but they were kind of my favorite syndicate that we've explored in the animated series. So that works out for me. Same. It's very interesting as well because... I think this is the most quote-unquote extreme episode so far in that the other two were like very even in what I liked and disliked. Uh, and this one is just, I, there are things that I really like and there are things that I really didn't like. Oh, interesting. I wonder, oh, I guess we'll get into it. We will. But yeah, yeah. But before we do that, should I give a little summary? Please. All right, uh, Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, The Streets of Mos Espa. After an opening discussion about the power brokers in Mos Espa, a local watermonger, Lortha Peel, appears before Boba, pleading his case to retrieve what was stolen from him by a local street gang. Upon looking into it further, Boba sees the potential in recruiting these youths. According to Wikipedia, youths, I would never use that term like that. It's such a like middle-aged person term. I wonder who, the age demographic of people writing on Wikipedia. It's a good question, actually. Look into it further. But he pays off the watermonger at a more reasonable rate than his thirteen credit, thirteen hundred credits or whatever for water, and recruits the youths to his side. We then cut back to Boba's <laughs> palace and get our requisite flashback of the episode. Boba leaves his Tusken Raider tribe to negotiate payments with the Pike Syndicate, only to discover that a group called the Kinton Striders, who we've seen before, have laid claim to the land. Promising he'll resolve the dispute, he makes his way back to the tribe, when, upon his return, he discovers his entire tribe slaughtered with the mark of the Kinton Striders showing who is responsible. Cut back to the present, Fett is pulled out of his back to tank by... Oh man, Black Kersantan, uh, the Wookiee assassin we saw last week. Lots of fighting ensues, and they're able to trap him in the former Rancor pit. The twins then show up, to, looking to make a peace offering, giving Boba his own new Rancor, 
and warning of a war about to emerge for Tatooine. After some bonding with the Rancor, Boba makes another visit to the mayor's office, and he ends up chasing the Major Domo through the streets of Mos Espa. Get it? The streets of Mos Espa? The name of the episode? See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. Um, and he reveals to them that the Pikes are coming. This is confirmed by Scott at the end of the episode as we see their arrival. Fett vows that he will be ready for war. Dun, dun, dun. Re- really, the title of the episodes uh, the, of the episode should have been "The Pikes Are Coming." Oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> you shouldn't but, be uh, doing this. <laughs> we really should. So, yeah, right. You know, um, John Favreau, Robert Rodriguez, hit us up. Yeah, let let us do your jobs. I mean, not Robert Rodriguez, but John Favreau, I guess. No, you're doing a great job too, John. (laughs) You guys are good. Yeah. Anyway, um, so many, again, so many things that I liked uh, about it. Uh, The Watermonger was like really well, was really well cast. I feel like his acting was like really good. Um, I was so happy. He is so good. Um, What's his name? Uh, Ah. I forget his name at the moment, and I can't look at what's his. Okay, hold on. Uh, do you want to do your like waiting music? Do 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 Are you done? Stephen Root. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I was just going to start with another loop, but okay, cool. So Stephen Root, he is, um, he's been, he's in, he reminds me most of his performance at Barry. Have you seen mm-hmm. Barry? I have n- I yeah. don't think I've ever seen that actor before. So. Oh, he, yeah, he is. He's in Dodgeball. He's in Office Space. He's in, he's in quite a few things. Um, but I like him most in Barry, which you should watch as an HBO dark comedy. It's mm. really funny. So just the premise of the show really quickly, and we'll get back to this one. Barry is a show about um, an assassin who moves to LA and then wants to become an actor. Mm. So funny. It's, and I it like stars, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's really popular. Or not that popular, but I think with people who know TV, it's really good. Um, so I'd recommend Clearly I it. don't. So. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, yeah. I was also really happy to see Danny Trejo. Was... Yeah, Danny Trejo. Oh my god! <laughs> so, like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it was only a matter of time with Robert Rodriguez directing right? all these things. <laughs> like this perfect fit, uh, but also kind of the perfect role for him. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, okay, what were we talking about? We were Boba? talking about the episode, uh, or we were going to just start about it, uh, talking about it, and uh, yeah, it's it's funny. A lot of the questions we've had last time, this episode answered. Like, why are Trandoshans there all the t- like so so many Trandoshans there? And it's like, yes, because uh, Fortuna divided Mos Espa up into three parts, and one of them is theirs. So that's why. Yeah, I mean, it's right to the point. Thank you guys for not making us wait on that answer. Yeah, or uh, you know, we we've been saying we that Boba needs more personnel, and then he recruits personnel. And it's like, yes, perfect. It's like we know story beats. Yeah, yeah. I am coming to really like eight D eight, the droid who works for Boba. Mm-hmm. I I like the back and forth he has with them about uh, how Jabba would treat him in the past. I like how he. I think he's like winning his affection slowly. 
And it's kind of cool because it seems like he's a quite reserved uh, droid. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was in episode six of Star Wars. I think he was the torture droid for Jabba. Um, I think you're right. Uh, Now that you say it. Uh, Yeah, so just to clarify on that. Yep, that's what he was in the in the original canon, I guess. And apparently he does show up in some other things, but in Phantom Menace even. Wow, he's actually in quite a Ooh. things. But his first his first appearance was in Star Wars Episode 6 Return of the Jedi. Did you so go through cool. his IMDb page? His Wikipedia page. Um so that's really it's a really cool callback but i like how he's it does seem that boba fett as he does with a lot of the people that he's meeting in this episode and throughout the show is winning his affection slowly yeah i like the twist with the gang yeah it's like come where you don't have jobs and so you're just like causing trouble work for me <laughs> it's perfect like two birds with one stone at, at one point someone has to betray boba right yeah i wonder who it's gonna be also, I'm fully convinced that um, the Wookiee, Black Kersantan, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's my best guess, um, is going to change sides and be with Boba, work with Boba. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. He's going to come back, probably like save him at one point and just join him. And maybe that, that leads to Fennec betraying him. Who knows? You Really? You think Fennec would betray him? I think Fennec would never betray Boba. I don't think so either, but that would be a twist that... Like, we do, wouldn't see coming, right? Good point. I think it's going to be something less significant than that, honestly. I think it'll be something like one of the street gang members is going to be unhappy yeah. or something like that and and let someone into the compound. I guess, how did Black Crescentin get in the compound? That's the question that we yeah. can ask. Right after the street gang was uh, recruited, right? So Yeah, you never know. But so... While we're talking about the street gang, that's the one thing that I really didn't like about the episode. Um, First of all, they're all looking way too nice for a street gang, just like their clothes and just like their overall looks. It's just like, let's. Why don't you make them like a little shabby? Like they they all look very like very like I don't know, just in makeup, obviously. And it's just like it it doesn't have like they don't really have the typical Star Wars feel. Like their whole thing with with the uh, with mechanic parts and everything, it looked like just your run of the mill, cringy sci-fi things, and not like what Star Wars is. And like also their like rides, like their bikes or whatever, they looked like a somebody somebody uh like combined a vespa and a segway and thought let's let's do this in a sci-fi way and it's just like this is they are not looking star wars at all for me honestly they're they're kind of like in the worst situation or worst like depiction ever because it's like they're not menacing and scary and they're not like interesting or funny they're just so blah, and they honestly, it reminded me so much of the prequels. Like, right? Yeah, it was really bad, honestly. And I think it's like, you're right, they're on a desert planet, and they're basically a youth gang, and they look perfectly pristine. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Like, perfect hair, perfect makeup. I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. 
We fixed we, even in the seventies. They did this better than you guys are doing it now. Seriously, and also the one like in terms of cinematography, the one thing that I really didn't care about was was the chase scene. So uh, boring. Yeah. So that's clumsy. honestly my biggest di- thing I didn't like in this episode. I thought yeah. it was clunky. It was sorry, Robert Rodriguez. I don't think it was well done. I think it was oh, it was way too long, and you knew what was going to happen. It's not like he's getting away. Like. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, come on. And it was, I just didn't like it at all. It didn't really, obviously they're going through the streets of Mos Espa and that's the whole thing with this episode, but it didn't give me the scope of the city, right? No. So yeah, you go through some like villages and you go through some, uh, not some villages, th- so through some markets, you, s- I don't know, run over some fruit stands. I think there was like a, a little like Easter egg of Melu run in one of the, yeah. uh, the things. And I'm just like, no, it, it's just, it doesn't give me a feel for the city itself. Like you don't get different vibes. You don't get a aerial view of what's going on. It's, it is really clunky back and forth. Like at one point they go to cut him off and then that literally does nothing. And it's just, uh, I, I just didn't think it was good at all. Yeah. You use this description just like talking about the, the street king but i think this also is kind of prequely in 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 its way yes yeah, as if it was pod racing honestly right yeah and it's like so static which is like not something you want in a like chase scene with vehicles yeah so. versus like and versus the fight with the wookie i think that was really mm-hmm. well done right it was like back and forth it was going from different areas of the palace it was fierce it was you know I actually thought one of the Gomorian guards were going to get killed. Like mm-hmm. it was really intense. And then this, I was just like, no, not at all. Cause you yeah. saw it a mile away. You saw it coming a mile away and it was way too long and you know what was going to happen. And it yeah. wasn't interesting visually. So what am I watching this for? Yeah. I was Worst actually part really of the show so far. Yeah, for sure. I was actually really so uh, like surprised and kind of disappointed that they didn't, um, trap boba and fennec in the room i thought that that was was what they were going to do that would have been smarter interesting you know um but oh well you know okay so we've had the first thing that we really didn't like it's fine you know it doesn't have to be like perfect can't be perfect like every show has something that we don't like it's just like i just hope they're, they're doing it better next time um but you know, there are also things that I really liked. You talked about callbacks. I kind of like the throwback to Mando with the st- Stormtrooper helmets on the spikes and the brief cameo of Amy Sedaris. That was fun. That was so cool. Right? <laughs> I was like, ah. I wa- like, I was kind of hoping that she wouldn't show up later and I was, I'm kind of happy that she didn't. Um, not that, not anything against the character or Amy Sedaris herself. It's just like, uh, that would just be like one of these like cameos for cameo sake um but uh yeah as we as we discussed last time you know the, it was kind of expected that the tuscan camp would be raided and destroyed it kind of surprised me that it happened so quickly but also yeah and i know, was kind of sad it was off screen right yeah that was that was kind of uh probably they they probably spent all the money on that stupid chase scene <laughs> and more importantly the screen time i don't care about your money disney but your screen time matters to me also Mm -hmm. like how how much are we going to keep going with this trope of killing off vulnerable characters to motivate our main character like yeah 
Like I know it's it's not like the very traditional one of killing off the woman to like to motivate the guy, but this is very similar. It's like oh, these people are somewhat vulnerable, so we're gonna kill them off and make Boba be all sad and go on a vengeance tour. But even that, he he didn't look that sad to me. Like emoting isn't necessarily except except for like wrath. Uh, Boba hasn't been emoting that much. Uh, so far, which is kind of a bummer. I hope I hope that's kind of coming, but um, uh, you know, we'll we'll see about that. But yeah, you mentioned the um, uh, the Wookiee attack that was really well done. I liked uh, that. You know, it kind of that uh, like we saw it when it was like in the back to tank because at first I was kind of mm, bummed that uh, the the sequence ended in like the the flashback and i was like oh no they're going back to back and forth which i didn't like in the first episode but it like narratively made sense because his sleep gets disturbed by being attacked by the by the wookie and the yeah as you mentioned like the fight scene was great um especially fennec of course She's so cool. And with a little knife, like that's just like in her gun. And that was like such a nice twist. How many times are we just going to praise Fennec Shan for everything that she does? Mm -hmm. She's, I think so far, my favorite character of the show. And I like the little like glances that Boba and her have like exchange, like obviously communicating without actually speaking. And you know what's going on. That was really well done, I thought. It's incredible, honestly. Can you believe she's sick, almost 60? What? Ming-Na Wen is 58 years old. Damn. If you had told me she was 48, I was like, yeah, okay. I can see that. It's like, or like 43 or something. It's like, yeah. Makes sense. Like, I, I could see that. 58. Oh, my God. I am like, I am way younger than she is, and I couldn't do anything of what she is doing, so good on her honestly yeah for sure um what do you think about the um the scene with the huts Uh, okay (laughs) i'm not a huge fan of the twins in general for Mm. some reason the huts just don't do it for me like i'm just not a huge fan of the huts like bar none and i'm kind of happy that they are sidelining them for the pikes the pikes are more interesting to me um I'm also confused as to why they gave him the rancor. Like, I, I like that thing, and I like that it's a peace offering or whatever. That's quite a big thing, honestly, and it kind of came out of nowhere. But in the end, I'm fine with, like, the result of it, if that makes sense. Um, if that... But they have to have something up their sleeve. That's not. This is not the end-all, be-all for the twins. They will come back in at some point, but I don't know. I, why bring the huts back if you're going to just remove them off the board the next episode, if that's the case? So mm-hmm. uh, it's just an interesting narrative choice. Why why even do that? Yeah, I wonder. Maybe maybe they just wanted to have them show up because of Jabba, like the legacy of the huts. And yeah, in this this particular scene struck me as. We want like John Favreau wanted to give Boba a rancor, and that was the best idea he could come up with. Um, yeah, and I could see Boba riding into battle, and like he was not going to be carried 
by by servants to show like to display his status, but he's gonna ride a rancor around. The end result is amazing, and mm-hmm. just that image in my mind is going to just like it makes it all worth it. I know, <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> but this episode that particular scene was a little clunky to me and didn't really make that much sense. Yeah, again, like the writing wasn't that great. It just like doesn't doesn't make that much sense. But oh well. Um, and I guess also maybe for for the Wookiee that also kind of was was a good purpose. But yeah, as you said, like the result is great. So um, I like the like. Obviously, we get a mention of the witches of Dathomir. That was nice for anyone who's watched the animated series. Um, that was great and kind of again breaking with some tropes about uh you know kind of beasts and whatever about like oh yeah like the rancor is like fierce in battle but just because of that everybody thinks they are like monsters but they're actually you know creating really deep bonds and everything i i really like that it's so cute honestly and we need to treat all sentient beings better except for humans yeah <laughs> Uh, one more um, Ming-Na Wen fact, if you mind. If it, uh, she actually voiced Mulan in the original 1993 film, 1998 film. Whoa! Holy right? shit! That's <laughs> yes. amazing. It's so cool. I love that. And like, so, so she has like uh, experience working with Disney. Well, also being a badass. Exactly, <laughs> which is which is way more important, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I want to say about this episode um, is that kind of going against something that I said last time is like just because we've seen something a thousand, like we've seen something a thousand times, and just because you slap Star Wars and it doesn't make it better. Uh, when the pikes are going off the transport and you have like the star like the not the star like this uh slow motion shot of them like all you know exiting we've seen this a thousand times with like i don't know some form of gang or mafia or whatever people arriving uh you know like the the people who are gonna fuck shit up um we definitely kind of have seen this before but this is one of those cases where it's like we've seen this a thousand times but with the pikes, it just looks amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool, honestly. I'm very. I just want to see. Yeah, I, I think. I guess let me revise my statement of my overall impressions of this this episode. This episode, I like it, but it just like gets me more excited for the next one. It's just like I need to move on a little bit. I think this is, um, like, yeah. I think we just need to move forward. I feel like we say that every time and I wonder whether that's like obviously that's well done in a way because it keeps us interested but if overall like like every episode is that way that doesn't isn't really a positive outcome I feel like mm. well that's an interesting question about like how you structure a television show from a mm. macro perspective like they're like interesting tidbits uh, en- enough to get us like to have us stay interested and invested, but I mean we're like almost we're like basically halfway through this season and there has not been an episode that we've been really like overwhelmingly positive about. Yeah, 
and it's kind of yeah we get the build it's almost like this is like a 12 episode um season not like seven yeah right i think they're gonna rush the end this is gonna be this is gonna happen a lot i think yeah maybe maybe they'll make the you know they do the trick of okay we only have seven episodes but the last two are just gonna be an hour long oh maybe i mean then i'd be fine with it i guess but Mm. but what what do you what kind of questions do you have like going to into the next episode so okay where is the mayor Mm -hmm. physically What's going on with the Pikes exactly? What does Boba do in response to seeing the Tusken Raiders be like massacred? I'm sure. So he's going to now go if he's preparing for war. That's how they end of the episode. He has to recruit an army, and I think he's going to recruit the Tusken Raiders. I would assume. How is he going to do that? What's going to happen there? And and then also, will we get a training montage of him trying to ride the Rancor? That'll be fun. Yeah. That would be great. I I cannot. I mean, I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Um, otherwise, they don't. They've set it up like <laughs> throughout this episode, so I would be really disappointed if they didn't do that. Um, I feel like they might, you know, Boba might do this thing of like we're, he's like uniting the Tuscan tribes against the Pikes or whatever, and then say like I will, I will give, I will like um grant you your land sort of thing uh which again we've seen a thousand times and it's kind of cringy because how dare you you know take land away from someone and say like yeah yeah like i i have a f- authority to give it to like grant it to you but i feel like he might that that's kind of a way to recruit the tuscans for his cause in a way mm. but i but i hope he does it in like a very non-hierarchical way so yeah, kind I of, think yeah, like against of what I just said, that would be like the cringy way of doing it, the the thing we've seen a thousand times, and I hope they don't go that down down that path. I guess we'll have to tune in to find out, and we will, and you will too, hopefully. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. And uh, you know, if you want to help us out, there. Nope, I gotta ask you. We change it up. Ah, fuck. No, no, it's all good. So if you do want to support the show, (laughs) what should you do, Chris? Uh, You should give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else. And if you want to get in contact, if you want to know more about us, if you want to send us uh, $1,000 in the mail, what should you do, Chris? You can find all of our... Uh, contact info on our website serialhook.com you can you know all the ways of uh, electronic communications uh, the the wonders of of modern communication technology um or you yeah you can also see you know if you if you do want to give us a thousand dollars you can f- definitely find uh, rashad's bank info on there yes or you can just like address it in an envelope to chris at berlin There's that works one too chris in berlin yeah <laughs> i forgot about the whole like uh whoever edits does the thing that, that's yeah. a you definitely caught me off guard with that <laughs> yep. all right i'll talk to you next time bye